We know in the story of the Megillah about how Haman is instructed to lead Mordechai on the horse wearing the king's clothing. Haman has no choice. The king's ordered him. And the Megillah just says that he goes to obey. But Chazal fill in a lot more details to the story. And Chazal tell us that Mordechai was sitting in the base Medrash teaching. And Mordechai notices Haman approaching. And he says to his Talmudim to run, to save their lives, before Haman reaches the base Medrash, Mordechai felt that Haman was trying to kill him. And he was worried that had his Talmudim been at the same time, their lives would have been endangered as well. And Tamirim said, no, we're going to remain with you, Mordechai. Whatever happens to you will happen to us. So Mordechai resumes the Shia. Haman comes to Bas Medrash. And fascinatingly enough, Fazal tells us that he doesn't enter bombastically. He sits in the back. And he listens to what's being taught. And he asks one of the students of Mordechai's yeshiva, What's the sugya? What are you learning? And the student tells him, we're learning about the Karbana Omer. What's the Karbana Omer? It's an offering which was brought on the 16th of Nisan in the base of English. The date that this happened was the night before the 16th of Nisan. So it was the topic of what would have been the avoider of the next day in the base of English. What's the significance of the carbon Omer? So Haman asked the student, what's this carbon made from? And the student answers him that it comes from a handful of barley. And how much is it worth? Very little. And Haman says, your carbon Omer, your handful of barley has outweighed the 10,000 silver bars that he offered the king to destroy the Jews. This is the Chazal. And I feel there are two questions one has to ask. One obvious, and one maybe not as obvious, but equally important. The first question is, if one wants to talk about what was the shchus which the Jewish people had, let's say, which outweighed the money of Haman, I would focus on the fact that they were learning Torah. Why is it relevant that it was a carbon Omer? Not even bringing the carbon Omer, but learning about the carbon Omer. Why was that the victory, so to speak, over Haman? The Chayot was the fact that they were learning Torah. And yet, that's the first question. The second question, maybe less obvious, but it's still a point. And that is if the Jewish people were facing the Gezerah of Haman. If Malachi thought Haman was coming to kill him. So the Chayra, what should he should have been learning, were the Alachas of Kedesh Hashem. 
The halachas of in what circumstances a person is meant to give up his life to Hashem Shemaim. The halachas of what's considered the Shas Hashmad. It's true that it happened to be the day that they brought the Korban Omer in the base of Mikdash. But the halachas of what to do in a situation of Pekorach Nefesh were much more lamaisa. Why did Mordechai feel it was necessary now to focus on the halachas of the Omer? And we see that this was the Koyach, this Koyach of learning specifically about the Korban Omer, which overcame Haman. There's a big lesson for us to learn here, Rabbi Isaiah. Let's first understand the idea of the Korban Omer. Most Korbanus of Menachos were brought from wheat. Not just wheat, but soilus, the finest flour. The Korban Omer was an exception that was brought from barley. And barley in comparison to wheat is like animal food. It's inferior. And therefore, why would it be that the Korban which is the carbon that Klai shall collectively bring after Yitzhak Mitzrayim is made from body, is animal food, an inferior carbon. And even though it's a carbon of an inferior material, look what prominence the carbon of Omer is given. We see that the entire way we define the period of growth, of counting from Pesach until Shavuos is by the Korban Omer. We have the Sfira Sa'omer which is counting from the Omer. Counting from the Omer. Why is this so significant? The Sfira begins with the Korban of the Omer and ends in Shavuos with the carbon of the Shtealechem. But the Shtealechem and Shavuos were already a carbon brought from the finest wheat flour. That was already a carbon as we would expect a carbon to be brought. What's the understanding and what's the significance? Another interesting point, the unfortunate point out, that the word Sa'ira, which means barley, is not very distant from the word national Kodesh of Sa'ara, which means a storm wind, a tempest. What's the connection between the two? When we look on Pesach, in the Haggadah, we see a very strange argument between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Akiva. And the argument revolves around how many Makkas were there in Mitzrayim? And the first opinion says that there were 40 Makkas in Mitzrayim. And the second opinion says there were 50 Makkas in Mitzrayim. And even though the Torah only records 10, but the question is, was each Makkah made up of 4 Makkas? Or was each Makkah made up of 5 Makkas? And the fascinating thing is both these opinions use the same posuk as their reference points. The Pasuk which says in Tehillim, Yishalech Pam Kharan Apoy, Hashem will send against them his furious anger, Evra, Vatzar, Vatzar, Vatzara, Mishlachas Malachiran. 
And the question is just how do we count the words in the Pasuk? Which means were there four aspects or five aspects to each Makkah? What's the side of the argument? So the Mepharshim explain. But really there's a much deeper point which is being discussed. And what the Mutanoim Akadashim are exploring is they understood that there are two possible ways. The Rakadish Baruch Hu will, so to speak, exact justice against the enemies of Klai Yisrael. There are two possibilities in Shemaim, two Mahalchim, two approaches. How to punish, how to take revenge, so to speak, against those who oppress Klai Yisrael. The first option, the first option is when Klai Yisrael deserve to be saved. They may have done wrong, which as a result of that, they needed the punishment which was given to them. But perhaps they have done tshuva. And perhaps they have now come to the stage where they deserve to be saved. And if that's the case, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's involvement to save Klai Yisrael is because Klai Yisrael deserve it. That's one option. There's a second option. And that is when Klai Yisrael really do not deserve to be saved. Klai Yisrael do not deserve to be saved. And in a case like that, how nevertheless is it possible for Hashem to save them? And the answer is because as bad as the Jewish people have been, the goyim who are oppressing them are even worse. And if that's the case, the punishment is going to come as an act of din against the goyim. As an act of punishment against the goyim, not as an act of salvation for Klai Yisrael. The result is the same. If the goyim get punished, then the Klai Yisrael have been freed, so to speak, from the shackles of bondage. Klai Yisrael are now free from persecution. But the factor in Shemaim which led to that change was the evil of the goyim and not the righteousness of Klai Yisrael. And this is before us in the Torah. In the Pasha of Hazinu, the Torah describes graphically exactly this possibility about how bad the Jews have become and how as a result they've been given into the hands of the goyim who oppressed them. And what's going to cause Hashem to take revenge against the goyim is how bad the goyim are. And it says, Kiyomu Yedeinu Rama Velay Hashem Paul that they say we were in control, it's not from Hashem. It's describing the evil of the goyim. And that's why HaKadosh Baruch gets angry. And it's going to destroy the goyish oppressor. But as a result of their own evil. There are two options. There are two options how Hashem can save Klai Yisrael. Either Klai Yisrael deserve it, or the Goyim deserve to be punished. The difference. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saving Klai Yisrael because of Klai Yisrael's tshiva, because of Klai Yisrael's merit, 
then the midah which is being used instead of Klayish was the midah of Rachamim. Hashem is removing the oppressor because of his Rachamim for Klay Yisrael. But when the midah which is being used is the middle of exacting vengeance against the Goyim, then the middle which is Paul is the middle of Sadin. And that, before I explain, is the root of the Makhlaikas between Rabbi Yazza and Rabbi Akiva. Was the Geula from Mitzrayim an expression of Hashem's Rachamim because Klaish all deserved to be saved? Or was it an expression of of Din because the Muslim deserved to be punished? The shame of Rachim Yudke Vovke has four letters. The shame of Din and Akim has five. And therefore, before I should explain that if the way we see each Makkah is made up of four parts, we're seeing it as an expression of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Rachim. If each Makkah is made up of five parts, we're seeing it as an expression of Hashem's Din. Those are the two options. Now, what's the difference? Whether HaKadosh Baruch Hu says Kla Yisrael in their merit, or HaKadosh Baruch Hu says Kla Yisrael, because the Goyim deserve the punishment. So there are a number of differences. One which Mephoshim point out is if Kla Yisrael are being saved because they deserve it, then they, so to speak, take the position that the enemy had. They inherit the power or the influence or even the money of their oppressors. That's in the category of Yochin Rasha Vayilbash Tzadik. Now Klai Yisrael deserve to be saved, so they deserve to take over whatever the Goyim had. Whereas if Klai Yisrael are saved because the Goyim need to be punished, then there's no right that Klai Yisrael have to take from them. You were bad and they were worse. But it doesn't entitle you to take from what they had. With this, by the way, we can show an interesting example in the Megillah. Haman gets killed. And immediately afterwards, Mordechai is placed over the house of Haman. Haman was extremely wealthy. Haman had a high position. And Mordechai inherits everything that Haman has. The ring, his home, his wealth, his position, his influence. Whereas, when we talk about the Jewish people fighting against the forces of Haman, it says a number of times in the Megiddo, that even though they killed their enemies, they didn't touch the spoils. They weren't entitled to take anything from the Amalekim that they had destroyed. And this is indicative of the difference we've spoken about before. And that is, when the confrontation is between Mordechai and Haman, Mordechai deserves to be saved. Because Mordechai is a tzaddik. And therefore, since Mordechai is being saved because he deserves it, then he's going to be given whatever Haman had. Whereas when it becomes a confrontation between the Jewish people and Haman, as we saw, the Jewish people were guilty of Chilul Hashem. And if that's the case, they didn't deserve to be saved. And if that's the case, the fact that we were victorious was only because of the riches of the game. 
And in a case like that, we weren't entitled to take the money. So now you've seen the principle. So let's look back to Mitzrayim. And it's an interesting thing. At Kriyas Yamsuf, a week later, Klai Yisrael took all the spoils of Egypt. When they left Mitzrayim, so Hashem told Moshe to tell the Jewish people to borrow from the Egyptians their gold and their silver and their vessels. At that time, it wasn't yet given to them. They borrowed it. By Yamsuf, they didn't borrow anything. By Yamsuf, the Mitzrayim lay dead and they took everything as their own. At Yamsuf, Klai Yisrael had done tshuva. Klai Yisrael had sung shira. Klai Yisrael had recognized HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, so to speak, involvement. And had come to that level of bitachon, where they saw how everything had been planned by him. At that stage, we can say that they deserved, so to speak, to be victorious. And therefore, at that stage, they got the spoils. When they came out of Mitzrayim, they weren't yet holding by that. We know they were on the 49th level of Tumah. And therefore, it's true on the one hand, they had brought the Korban Pesach, they had given themselves a Brismeda, but this is the question. Would that now entitle them to deserve the Geulah? Or was it still because the Mitzrayim had been so bad that that's how they were being punished? We're not going to resolve this. This is the Makhlaikis Tandoyim between Rabbi Leaz and Rabbi Akiva. And like we saw, the fact that they took spoils, but they borrowed spoils, is also somewhere in the middle. But with this understanding, let's take the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. The opinion that Klai Yisrael was saved with the Midas Adin against the Mitzvah. Not that Klai Yisrael deserved it, but it was a retribution against Mitzrayim for the evil they had committed. In that case, we understand the, carbon, the concept of the carbon Sa'irim. The carbon Oimer. The carbon Oimer was animal food. And the significance of that was to show that we aren't in the level of a people that bring a carbon that people eat. When we came out of Mitzrayim, we were like animals, spiritually. And nevertheless, this is the carbon we bring in gratitude, in appreciation of the fact that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim. Why? Because we're showing that even though we were on the level of an animal, and we didn't have schusim in our own right, there's still a concept of how Hashem saves us. Hashem saves us with sa'irim. Hashem saves us because the going are worst. And that's why sa'ira, like we say, is compared to sa'ara, a storm wind, anger. Mira sadin. Hopefully, when we develop the shvus, we've now brought ourselves to the level of people, and therefore we can bring a carbon of wheat. We can bring a shtalechim. And the process of Pesach to Shavuos is the process of development from being on the level where we don't deserve the spiritual standing of an animal until we get to the level we arrive to Mechabal the Torah. We are on the pinnacle of a man. That's the idea of Sfiris HaOimer. But it starts from the Oimer. It starts from the carbon which is brought to show we like animals. 
When the Pasuk says, Adam of Behemoth Hashem, Hashem, you can understand this point as well. Hashem can save people because they deserve to be saved in the level of people. Or Hashem can save the Behemoth. Why would he save a Behemoth? Because the Goyim are so much worse that Hashem, so to speak, punishes them. This was the message that Mordechai was teaching his Talmudim. Mordechai understood that Klai Yisrael in the time of common didn't deserve to be saved. We've spoken about this a number of times. Klai Yisrael were over in Chilul Hashem. And as a result, the decree to, that they deserved to die was a decree which had its origins in Shemaim. But what Mordechai was teaching his Talmudim was the Korban Oimer. The Mile of the Oimer. The Mile of the Korban Sa'irim. And that is that we can still overcome the Goyim because of their evil, even if it's not because of Aschos. And that was the message that Haman understood as well. Haman was banking on the fact that the Jewish people didn't deserve to be saved. He didn't know about the Korban Oimer. And when he asked the Talmudim, what are you learning? And they explained to him, the concept of the carbon of Sairim. The concept of the carbon that Klaishul can be in the level of an animal and still be saved because the Goyim are worse. And there was nothing for Haman to say. He says, your Sairim have outweighed my silver. And we were Menatzeh Haman. We were victorious of Haman for that reason. Looking to the future, how is Mashiach going to come? The Gemara says in Sanhedrin famously that Mashiach can come in the Dar Shakulay Zakai. There's a possibility of Mashiach coming in a Dar when Klaishal all are Siddiqim. And Klaishal deserve Mashiach to come. What's the possibility of Mashiach coming in the Dar Shakulay Chayef? A Dar Shakulay Zakai, we understand, that's Klaishal's merit, Klaishal's chuva. Klai level, which entitles them to see Mashiach. But there's the other option too. And the option discussed in Hazina. And that is, even if Klai Yisrael are Budosh but if the Goyim are that much worse, and therefore Hashem is going to act in order to punish, but that saves Klai Yisrael as well. And that's the second limit. That there's a possibility of being saved from the Medesarachim because we deserve it. But there's also the option that HaKadosh Baruch will save us when we don't deserve it because of the evil of the nations. Not because you were tzaddikim, says the Pasuk, that Hashem save you, but because because of the evil of these people, Hashem drove them out. That's also a mahalach in Malchus And therefore we never give up. Because even if we would come to the spiritual conclusion that we don't have the schusim we need, there's still a second option. How Kodesh Baruch can save us from the, our oppressors. And the second way Hashem can take us out of Godless. That's the lesson of the Korban Ayimah.